Oh my goodness. How much did you end up winning? We won $6,500. Whoa. How? I wonder if that's another cruise. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you want a cruise. Yeah. Yeah, so it was basically like a free trip. Um yeah, Jesus. so I everybody to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, I can see you are safely ensconced in your green room with all of the Mickey accoutrement, the popcorn <laughs> bucket collection, the pottery barn pillow, the Hanukkah blanket. Oh, I see you going for your new zero popcorn bucket that we got at Disneyland. Yes. 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 I am. Uh, I also have, as I was showing Sarah before we started recording, I'm actually drinking tea out of my Norway Starbucks cup that we got in Stavanger, Norway on our, our cruise. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, it's hang- hanging out. It's cold here in Seattle today. So, yes, uh, but chilly. you know, yeah. So I'm, uh, but I'm happy to be inside now after wet and cold outside time at Nathan's soccer. I'll call it practice, but it's like little kid soccer. So. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's practicing something, but I don't think it's soccer. So yeah, yeah. there's that. <laughs> it kind of looks like soccer. Yes. Well, and we are a little bit behind the ball today because, you know, we had to set our clocks back an hour last night, which I, I was shocked that we uh, stayed in bed as long as we did today. But here we are. We are ready to record and uh, excited to welcome our guest, Sarah, to the show. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Sam loves doing first time cruise episodes. It's one of her favorites. So we are excited because uh, we've had quite a few of them of late. So we love hearing from first time cruisers. And so I love them because I feel like I get to relive my first time on Disney Cruise Line through the eyes of somebody else. It just like brings me back to that first cruise. And I, I just love that. Yeah. When everything's new. We've spilt the beans a little bit here in terms of your background with Disney Cruise Line. Uh, but <laughs> what is your background with Disney, Sarah? How did you decide to take a Disney cruise? Usually that's because you're a Disney fan. And so, yeah, what's your background with Disney? And have you cruised before? So, yes, I am a Disney fan. Um, the only park I've been to is Disney World, but I've been there seven times, twice as a child, five times as an adult. And we decided to go on a Disney cruise because that's what our group of friends who we traveled with all wanted to do. And the idea sounded super fun, especially because the parks have been kind of crazy to navigate lately with all the Genie Plus and all the changes. So this was a nice change of pace for a more relaxing trip, especially with like a larger group. It was much easier to coordinate with everyone. I feel like planning a Walt Disney World trip now, you need like a degree in Walt Disney World. <laughs> like like <laughs> Brian and I, who go to Disneyland quite a bit more than we go to Disney World, we're always like confused at like, okay, wait, when do we have to book dining? And when do we, you know, do we, can we buy Genie Plus in advance? Do we not buy in advance? I, you know, it's it's so complicated now. What park am I going to? What time can I park hop? I don't know. I don't I never remember any of it. So it's a lot to keep track of. We prefer Disney Cruise Line. It's got yes. everything. It's such a much more relaxing or it has been a much more relaxing vacation. They've introduced some elements from the parks into the wish that were a little frustrating there in the beginning, but they've since backed off of most of them. So have you cruised before, Sarah? Was this your first cruise and your first Disney cruise or have you been cruising? Yes, first to everything. I've never actually had even seen a cruise ship in real life before getting on this. So it was very new. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness. And tell us about your traveling party. How many people and what's the demographics of the group that was going with you? So um, in our stateroom, it was just me and my husband, but our larger group was a total of 19 of us, 17 adults and two kids. So yeah, we had a large friend group and we came from all over. We had, you know, people all across the country and we had a couple of people from Canada in our group. So we all kind of met in Miami a couple of days before and started our trip that way. How did you land on this itinerary? Because you went out of Miami. And so how did you decide to cruise out of Miami as opposed to maybe Orlando, which I think is a little bit more typical for first time cruisers. But yeah, how'd you land on Miami and, and the sailing that you took? So um, the person who was kind of heading all the travel plans suggested three different options for us to choose from. One was this one. One was the cruise out of New York City that goes, I think it's to, where does it go? Bermuda, Bermuda I believe. Bermuda, um, that yes. Was, yeah, Just that was one. a show about that one. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that one sounds interesting. And then also a wish cruise. And we landed on this one just because the dates worked well for everyone. And also it was, well, spoiler alert, supposed to be a double dip to Castaway Key, but that did not happen. (laughs) Oh, bummer. Well, I think you chose better by going on the dream for five nights than the wish only because you got a longer cruise, you know? Otherwise, you would have been on a three or four night. Yeah, it was perfect. It was, you know, just enough where we really felt comfortable with the ship, but not too much that we were, you know, when is this going to (laughs) end kind of thing, especially because there were a lot of first time cruisers in our group. So it was a good compromise. So you said it was supposed to be a double dip. Were there any other ports that you guys were either supposed to go to or, or did go to? Nassau was the other port and we did make it just not on the day that we were supposed to make it to Nassau because we sailed during Hurricane Ian. So that's what altered all of the plans. Ah, gotcha. Well, I'm curious, did you go down to Miami for any amount of time before the sailing or did you get into Miami the day of the sailing? Maybe we should ask her, where are you coming from? So I'm coming from New York and we flew down um, the day before the cruise. Most people in our group either flew down the day before or two days before. And then we stayed in the intercontinental Miami, um, which was right near the port. It was probably like a five minute lift drive to the port from the hotel. The type of room that we booked, it was a Bayview room. So when we woke up in the morning, we could see the ship out of our hotel room window. So that was super exciting. So I would recommend that hotel if you want to be able to wake up and see the cruise ship when you wake up the morning of the sailing. So that was really fun. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. We love doing that in San Diego. It's the same thing. You've got there's hotels like right across the street. And so you can actually, if you get a room that faces the water, you can actually see the ship when you wake up in the morning. It's so fun. What was your impression of of the ship? You said you had never even seen a cruise ship before. That's kind of crazy to me. (laughs) I know. They were huge. I mean, we could see some ships when we got there the first day because there was obviously different cruise lines in the port. So just seeing them in real life, it's just amazing that they float and (laughs) stay above water with how big they are. Um, But yeah, it was... It was really cool. And just like the like the atrium, walking into the atrium and just seeing all, you know, the decorations and stuff. It, it was very stunning. How did you get from your hotel to the port? Did you just take a, an Uber or Lyft or did you... Mm-hmm. We did Lyft, yeah. And what did you think of the port terminal? Um, I have nothing to compare it to, but it was easy. On the Disney website, it said what terminal we were in. We were in, I believe it was Terminal C. So we just 
put that in when we arranged for our Lyft driver. So he drove us right to that terminal and then we parked right there and there was the porters like immediately there helping us with our bags and directed us where to go. And it was very easy to find everything. Stepping back for a second, did you book this cruise yourselves? Did you use a travel agent at all? Like how did you book the cruise? We used a travel agent who booked for our entire group. So they had us all linked together. So it was very easy. And was this everyone's first sailing or had your friends been on a Disney cruise before? Some had been on a few before. Some people, it was brand new. So we had a mix in the group. How did you approach you know, your pre-cruise activity planning, right? Because it's tiered out on Disney Cruise Line, Mm -hmm. Platinum, Gold, Silver, everybody else. Did you get the things that you were hoping to do? Uh, How difficult was that? And how was the kind of the activity booking before you sailed? So we had a mixture of people who were silver and people who had no status. So the people who were silver, they were able to get a little bit more stuff than we were. Some of them got Palo Brunch. um, But by the time people with no status book. There was no Palo brunch left. Um, I was able to get Remy dinner for me and my husband, which we definitely knew we wanted to do that. That was no problem getting like at the time we wanted and everything. So that was easy. Mm. Beverage seminars when we first went into book, those were pretty full, but I just kind of kept checking back sporadically. And before we sailed, I was able to get into the two that we wanted. If we just check back frequently that I always saw spots open up. So that was nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. When you got on board, did you guys check about getting into Apollo brunch or anything as a group? I know that there is obviously some of the availability is held back. I'm just curious as to whether or not that was something you guys had asked about. Some of us did decide to waitlist for Apollo brunch. I don't believe anyone got in who was waitlisted. I know we didn't. Um, I think mm-hmm. it was a very adult heavy sailing since it was September. So there weren't a ton of kids on boards. So I think that's why it was harder to get in. Um, and then a lot of the people had separate reservations for Paolo dinner um, mm-hmm. and they were actually able to combine them and they got the private room. But that was the night that my husband and I did Remy. So we did not join them in the private room, but they said that was really special. Oh yeah. Both are amazing, but I think you scored with going to Remy dinner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was great too. <laughs> yeah. But I was going to give that tip actually about the the private room. If you have a larger group and even if you haven't booked in advance, it's and if you can't seem to get you know off the wait list as a smaller group, but if you have a bunch of folks together, you can ask about the availability of that private room. Um, and we were able to get it on our Norway sailing for brunch, um, and we ended up being I think ten of us. So I mean, it, it can accommodate maybe twelve or fourteen or something like that. It definitely could accommodate more than the ten of us that were there. I just can't remember. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's on the magic though. So the dream one is probably might actually even be able to accommodate even a larger party. But glad to hear you were able to get some some stuff ahead of time and stalking the app really does work. So <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> so uh let's talk about getting on board. Curious as to whether or how smooth the boarding process was. I'm guessing you kind of had a probably a middle of the road boarding time rather than a super early boarding time. Is that fair to say? We did the online check-in and it was very uncooperative. The website was terrible. Like it was not letting anyone do anything. And mm-hmm. it's like I committed like an hour of time and then most of my friends did too. And then they all were like, okay, I'm going to bed. And I was like, well, I've already spent an hour. Like I am <laughs> determined <laughs> I to just get, get this done. done. I was like, I already set up this late. I'm just going to keep going. So I persisted and I got 
boarding group number three. So we had the earliest time, which was a port arrival time of 11. Oh, that's awesome. But yes, yeah, so you were up until what, like 2 a.m. or something? Yeah, it was something <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> So we were one of the first sailings that didn't have the COVID testing requirement. So that made it very easy. There was no testing beforehand or at the port. And it seemed that they were much more relaxed about port arrival times with that requirement being lifted mm. because my friends who had later boarding groups, um, they were able to get into the port pretty much the same time that we were. And we could hear people being told like they had like a later boarding number and they're like, oh, it's fine. Go on through. So they were much more relaxed about that whole process compared to what I believe it was before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that definitely was not the case, at least not in the other ports. And when testing was required, they would turn you away if you showed up too early or make you wait outside, depending upon which port it was and, and what the arrangement was. So that's that's great to hear. Was it a, a smooth process getting on board or we don't know how it is in Miami. I'll be perfectly honest, Brian, and I have never sailed out of Miami. Actually, well, I've never sailed out of Miami, period. But yes, just curious as to whether or not how organized were they and, and how smooth was the process? It seemed good to me. I mean, we were waiting. I had a port arrival time of 11 and got there at 11, but we didn't board the ship until 1230. Uh, some people seem to think that we should have maybe been able to get on a little bit sooner, like closer to noon. But I mean, it was fun waiting in that little room because it had, you know, like the Disney music and they had the little spot where you could take your picture and everyone was just excited. So, and you know, a lot of my friends had arrived by that time. So it was no problem hanging out. And then, you know, once they called your number, it was very easy. You just walk on the ship and they do the thing where they announce your name. And then they told us right where to go for our muster drill. Of anything good that came out of the pandemic, virtual <laughs> muster drills is got to be at the and top of the list. virtual cues. So. Yeah, virtual muster drills, virtual cues. I mean, like for yes. guest services, chatting through the app. Yeah. So anyway, you get on board, Sarah. Where do you head first as a group? This is the this is the moment of decision. Is it lunchtime? Is it room time? Is it pool time? Where do you head? So we all kind of got on a little bit staggered since we all had slightly different boarding numbers. My husband and I just kind of wanted to figure out the layout of the ship because we, you know, had no idea like which direction was forward or aft. Like we didn't know anything. So we just kind of walked around and kind of got our bearings. A lot of our friends wanted the rainforest room passes. So a lot of them mm -hmm. went there first to get those passes. And then, you know, after we all kind of went to the places we wanted to go, someone's table was not with the rest of ours. So someone went, you know, down to that dining table to try to get their table moved to be with the rest of the group. And then some people put their names on the wait list for the adult dining. But then a group of us met at Cabana's to get lunch, which it was fine. I think that as a first time cruiser, it was nice because I didn't want to spend a lot of time sitting down in a restaurant. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of get my food and keep moving and doing things. Um, but I think if we went on another cruise on a ship that we weren't eager to explore, I would definitely do the sit down lunch. I think that's a perfect way to do it, especially as a first time cruiser. You really don't. I mean, you could spend a lot of time at the sit down lunch. It, it can be slow. It's slower, certainly than getting your own food at Cabana's. And so I understand if you're, you know, wanting to either get spa appointments booked or go explore or, you know, check things out get to your room, whatever. Yeah, doing a, cabana, a quick cabana's lunch is, is a smart tactic. Although the craziness of cabanas always makes me a little crazy. So <laughs> yeah, it was hard to find a table and it was raining. So the outdoor mm -hmm. tables were wet, but 
it all worked out and it was it was good. Um, but then as soon as we were done eating, we went to go see if our rooms were ready and they were. So we were able to drop our carry-on bags off and we got into our bathing suits and we did the um, the aqueduct because I knew that I wanted nice. to make sure I did it. I didn't want to keep putting <laughs> it off and then forget. So that was really fun. We were able to do it twice with basically no weight back to back. That was awesome. Really fun. That's a pro tip, Sarah. Excellent job. (laughs) I I would love to know what kind of cabin you guys got and what you thought of it. So we had the veranda room. It was not the family size one, the smaller sized one. And it was on the forward section. Um, It was pretty close to the stairs and elevator. So I thought it was very convenient to get to it. It was on deck 10. So that was nice. It was right by the spa, which worked out good because a lot of people who were traveling with people who weren't like their spouse or part of their family who were sharing rooms with friends, they got the rainforest room passes and then they were able to use the spa showers for getting ready. And that was just right below us pretty much. So that was really or above us. I don't remember. It was just one level <laughs> different. But yeah, so it was really easy for them to get to the spa. We were close to um, like the Cove Cafe, which was really nice in the morning. So I would go for that spot again. Did your friends and you have staterooms nearer one another or adjoining or were you kind of all over the ship? So we were all in a row except for one cabin who was traveling with their children. They got a family size veranda and they were a little bit um, on a different floor, a little bit further down from us, but they weren't too far away. But all the rest of us had adjoining rooms. Did you get them to open up the balconies? So they did on some spots because one side opens and then the other side just has like a little tiny like hole that they don't open. But so they were able to open some sides of the balconies for some people. So it's kind of a little mismatched, but some people did. (laughs) Gotcha. And where was uh, where was dinner on your first night? It was at Animator's Palette. Ah, did did you start off with the animator's show or was it a no-show evening for Animator's Palette? It was a show. We were kind of far away from the screens and we were like a louder group. So I don't think anyone actually heard the show or <laughs> paid attention to the show, but there was a show going on with Crush. So <laughs> couldn't tell you anything about it. <laughs> well, spoiler, it is just Turtle Talk with Crush. If you've done Turtle Talk with Crush at Disney World or Disneyland, it's it's very similar. So it's just somebody talking to you and teaching you words like dude and awesome and stuff like that. Chaw. <laughs> so it's chaw. Chaw. That's right. <laughs> it's it's cute. If you get picked as the person that Crush is talking to, it's super cute. Um and sometimes Crush will make fun of, you know, somebody at your table and that's always really fun. But <laughs> uh, yeah, but I will say Brian and I really like the other, the animation magic show at Animator's Palette. That's definitely the favorite for us. So I, I'd love to know your thoughts about, you know, main dining food. I know this is your first time on Disney Cruise Line. You had animators, you had Enchanted Garden and... Royal, I can never remember if it's Royal Palace or Royal Court. It's the same. They're, they're pretty much the same between the fantasy and the dream, just with slightly different name. I don't even know why they did that. They should just call them both <laughs> the same thing. But what was, yeah, how did you like the food in Main Dining? Yeah, we enjoyed it for the most part. We actually didn't get to eat dinner at Royal Palace because we had Remy book that night. So we oh, ate okay. twice um, at Animators. One was the pirate night, one was the regular menu, and twice in Enchanted Garden. The first night at Animators, I was just 
super excited to be on the ship. So my appetite wasn't the biggest, but I knew that you love the truffle presets. So I knew to order those and those were super good. <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah. So those were great. And then at Enchanted Garden, my favorite was the sea, I believe it was a sea bass entree. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was really good. But that night I definitely had a bigger appetite, but I had eaten so much other food but by the time I got to dinner or to dessert with the sticky was it sticky date the sticky date yes yes I ordered it all I could eat was just one bite but the one (laughs) bite was super good so next time I'll have to save more room for it Well, I am proud and very flattered that you tried all my favorites because they're <laughs> awesome. And I love and I do love that sea bass. I'm not a, a huge fish person, so I don't order it a lot. Um, but also we haven't been on the fantasy or the dream in a while, and that's always in Enchanted Garden. It is actually a really it's a super good sea bass dish. So delicious. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And then I'd love to hear your thoughts about cabanas as well, as well as probably the quick serve. Let's save, let's save Remy for a little bit later in the show, because I feel like that's always a highlight. But yeah, what did you think about the the food in cabanas, the, the quick service food on deck, that sort of thing? Yeah. So cabanas, I loved the variety. Like there was always, you could always find something that you were in the mood for there. I felt like the quality was kind of hit or miss with some of the things, but I was always able to find something that appealed to me and tasted good. We went there a couple times for breakfast, once for lunch. And then one time we went for lunch, um, I actually went to Penelope's and got like a big ice cream. So I mostly ate that for lunch and that was really good. (laughs) Yeah. And then we did the quick service. I tried the chicken tenders because that's what everyone says are the best. And they were very good. Those were awesome. But that was the only quick service food I got. Well, you but you went for the star, right? Yes. And on every ship, except for the Wish, the chicken tenders are the star on the pool deck. On the Wish, it's the barbecue is the star on the pool deck. So not to say anything bad about the chicken tenders. It's just, you know, that barbecue is just fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about what you all got up to on the ship. It's a large group. Most of you adults, though. So I'm curious, um, did you guys spend a lot of time in the adult-only areas like the pools, the spa, the bars? What did you all get up to? Yeah, so at night, we pretty much always ended the night at Evolution. Um, Not everyone always made it every night, but someone from our group was there pretty much every night. So we got to know the entertainment staff there pretty well. Um, Mauricio was our person who like led all the events, and he was great. And he said that our group like really helped to make like the vibe there at night a lot of fun because we had some people in our group who were, who were very um they volunteered for everything and we had <laughs> one couple of in our group was on the match your mate on the oh, first night so that it. really just kind of kicked it off and that was super fun other than that we kind of would usually just go to like a one of the pubs or bars before evolution um after dinner after the show but during the day we kind of all did you know our own thing for the most part and People who wanted to meet up and do the same thing did that. So sometimes we would all meet up at one of the adult pools. Sometimes we would all meet for a trivia. Um, So really, it was just kind of, you know, whoever was interested in doing what. Or some people would sleep in or take a nap. So it was kind of nice that we were able to do stuff together, but then also break off and do our own things that interested us. Yeah. Choose your own adventure cruising is the best part about cruising. Yeah. 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 And and it's honestly the best thing I think about like larger group cruising or larger group vacationing, right? Because you 
all are going to be in the same place for dinner because you're scheduled to be there, right? It's not like if you're out in a city and you all get stuck in different places and so you end up eating in different ends of a town. No, you're all going to be eating and hanging out in the evening together and you do whatever you want during the day. And that's that's always a fun way to do it. When we have cruised with groups, that's the way we like to do it. It's just you all meet up at dinner and you know we might meet up for a drink or something before, but yeah, choose your own adventure. Did you hit up the spa while you were on board? So we were not planning on doing the spa, but one day when we got back to our rooms and our little fish thing, there was these cards from the spa and it said, thank you for celebrating your birthday on board. Like here's a $50 spa credit, but it wasn't either of our birthdays, but we had each gotten a $50 credit. So we just went to the spa. It was for, you could use it on like a port day, it said. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of went over there just to see what it was about. And they were able to get us both in for a massage. It was supposed to be on our castaway, our second castaway key day, but that was the day that ended up getting canceled. So it ended up being on a sea day, our massage. So it was, yeah, it was super nice. We got a couple's massage. We were both in the same room and it was really relaxing. We don't usually get massages um, at home. So it was a very nice treat for us to be able to do that. That's awesome. And Happy birthday, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Unbir- you know, unbirthday. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. And they still honored it. We're like, it's not our birthday, but they're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, they tend to do specials, not not necessarily $50 off, but they always, you know, they do specials, but only on really on port days. So you got really lucky that it ended. Well, lucky or unlucky, right? I guess yeah. You got- yeah. Well, we booked it when it was supposed to be a port day, but then when right. the day came, it was not a port day. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. The cruelest birthday gift of all, though, a $50 spa coupon because nothing in the spa is nothing $50 is or less. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> I feel like we should talk about the ports a little bit because you were supposed to have two castaway days and a NASA day, but Hurricane Ian put a wrench in those plans. And so you had five days. Tell us what the itinerary was supposed to be. Miami, sea, and then what, I presume? So it was supposed to be Miami, castaway, Key and then Nassau and then Castaway Key again and then a Sea Day and then return. Ah, so the beloved Sea Day at the on the on the back end. That's actually I will tell you that's like the perfect itinerary other than Nassau. It's the perfect itinerary. Yeah, it was going to be really nice. <laughs> um, so the first change they made is that they switched our Nassau day for the sea day. So they just swapped those. So we went to Castaway Key the first day as planned. And then that night um, at the show, they announced that we weren't going to be able to get to Nassau the next day so that they were going to postpone that to our last day. And then the Castaway Key day, they tried for the second one, but it was just way too windy. So we just went right past the island and they tried to bring us to some calmer waters. That's a bummer to miss Castaway. But you at least got to have one day at Castaway. So it's a we bummer did. you didn't Yeah, it's a bummer you didn't get a second day, but I will tell you there are sometimes people who are supposed to go to Castaway only once and don't get even one day at Castaway because of the winds. So I'm glad they were able to find calmer waters for you guys to still enjoy your your trip and also your whole trip didn't get either canceled or so I don't know some people like to get extended, other people don't like to get extended, but you're lucky you'll be able to get back. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Yeah, despite the hurricane. Well, tell 
tell us what you guys did on your on your castaway day. Did you book any excursions or anything on castaway? So we had gotten that package that included the snorkeling, the bike rental, and the tube rental. And we also had rented like a half hour time on the double kayak. So when we first got there, we like our kayak appointment was one of the earlier things that we had. Because I think we got off, I think we docked a little bit later than we were supposed to. And we just kind of just took our time getting off. So we got off pretty close to when our kayak time was, which was at 10. But the water looked really wavy. So we asked if they thought that it was going to be kind of challenging to kayak. And they said it might be if you're not experienced. So they said that the aqua bike was actually a lot easier to do and less likely to tip over. So like, that sounds great. We'll do that. Um, So we did that. And that was super fun. That was not bad at all to do in the wavy water. And then after that, we did the regular bikes, the land bikes. So we rode all the different paths and went to that lookout tower. Mm -hmm. And that was fun. And we stopped and we saw our friends who were at Serenity Bay relaxing and waved to them and then continued on (laughs) with our bike ride. And then we did the snorkeling. I enjoyed it. My husband did not enjoy it. So we did not get super far. We basically just got to that sign that said, you might see hidden treasure and then turned Mm -hmm. around and went back. (laughs) But maybe next time I'll find someone to do snorkeling with me a little bit further out. Yeah. yeah, the snorkeling area is big. It is a big area and it is a lot of swimming and you can you can get pretty tired uh, out there. So yeah, I, I've done it a couple of times and OCM's done it a couple of times, but yeah, that is a big area. I never go very far out though because I'm a chicken, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, did anyone in your group do the 5K? People were planning on doing it the second day, but they didn't get to. (laughs) So that was kind of a bummer, but I was never really planning on doing it. So that wasn't a big loss for me, but some of the more (laughs) fit members of our group were a little disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. Where did you end up for the day? After all of this activity, did you find a spot on the beach to just relax? You're you're saying like, you're acting like you were lazy, but you did, uh, (laughs) you did like a water bike. You did a regular bicycle. You did snorkeling. I'm thinking... Thinking you're like super duper fit because you're doing all this stuff in really hot weather on Castaways. So good, oh, I don't good know on about you, that. Sarah. Well, thanks. But yeah, so after that, we were ready for lunch um, and we just kind of texted our group to see if anyone else was getting lunch and ended up meeting a couple people at Cookies too because that was close to where we were after the snorkeling. Um, so we ate there. And then after that, we made our way over to Serenity Bay just to kind of relax for the afternoon. Your Serenity Bay fans didn't convince you to, to go to the Serenity Bay barbecue instead of cookies too? Um, I think some of them ate there, but the people who were ready to eat when we were ready to eat were over by cookies too. So mm-hmm. we just went right. there. It was fine. I've heard that the food can be kind of hit or miss at all of the places on Castaway Key. And there were some items that I thought were really good and some that were just okay. So nothing was yeah. bad. So we we enjoyed our lunch. I don't think the food is like anything to write home about on Castaway. I'll be honest. Like, I mean, I usually just get like a hamburger because I don't think the chicken or the ribs are really that good. Um, the ones on the Wish are way, way better. Um, but Serenity at least has like steak, but we never get to go there anymore. So oh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard with the kid. <laughs> yeah, we haven't been to the Serenity Bay barbecue now in, in several years. But I do remember the steak being probably one of the better items. But yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't I don't think the food on Castaway is bad. It's just nothing to, you know, it's no truffle presets. It's yeah. no warm <laughs> yeah. pudding or sea bass or, you know. 
<laughs> it's burgers. It's burgers and sides. Right. It's a barbecue. So yeah. I don't know yeah. why you would expect truffle per se. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just saying oh it's not like anything. Yeah. How were you guys there for the full day? So you hang out at the beach at Serenity after lunch? Yeah. So we started out there um, and we were there probably for like, I don't know, like an hour, hour and a half. And we just kind of floated in the tubes. But then a really big storm cloud came and it like torrential downpoured. In hindsight, we probably should have found somewhere to like wait it out. But we kind of all panicked because it was really, really, really heavy rain. And we all went back to the ship and there was just a huge crowd of people who all obviously wanted to get back on the ship too. So it took quite a bit of time to actually get back on the ship. By the time we sailed away, the weather was much better. So in hindsight, we should have stuck it out and enjoyed those last couple of hours. But oh, well, um, it yeah. was nice to go back and, you know, get dry, take a shower and just kind of have some more time on the ship. So that it was it was good. You know, Castaway gets super hot that we usually don't stay till super late, like, like till the end of the day, unless we have a cabana, if we have a cabana, <laughs> then I'm, I'm like sucking the marrow out of that day. And, you know, I'm there till I'll be like the last person back on the ship. But if I don't have a cabana, which I haven't had a cabana except twice ever, we don't stay because it's just, it just gets too hot. Like I said, but also we've had a torrential downpour as well. That's kind of a thing in the Caribbean, you know, as, as you may imagine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode so what about um nasa so nasa you were supposed to have on your second day instead you had it on your last day or your last uh, full day i should say did you have any excursions planned there or what kinds of activities did you have planned if not formal excursions yeah, so we were not planning on getting off of the ship at all at that port. But with the canceled Castaway Key Day, I was just like very anxious to feel land again. Um, so there were a few of us who felt that way. And we just kind of got off just for the sole purpose of being on land. Um, mm-hmm. And we just kind of wandered around. There was someone in our group who kind of looked up like what there was nearby. And there was something called the Queen's Staircase that they wanted to go see. Um, so we walked and we saw that and just kind of wandered around. We looked at the people having a good time on the beach and then just kind of made our way back to the ship. So we probably walked around for about an hour. We didn't eat or buy or 
do anything. We just walked around. But it was kind of fun just to see what was going on and be on land a little bit. And it was a good way to spend an hour that morning. Awesome. Nice. I don't think I've ever actually gotten off in Nassau. Um, Brian gets off often just to do a little walk around, send a postcard, that sort of. I've gotten off once and I went to the straw market, which everyone raved about. I've been off in Nassau on other cruises to go to uh, Atlantis, but I only ever stepped foot off of Disney ship in Nassau, I think one time, maybe, maybe twice, but never again. Never again. You have done it two or three times because I know you have gone uh, gotten off just to mail a postcard a couple at least at least one time. The postcard only happened once, and it's this the reason I won't go back off because uh, I was wandering around <laughs> asking people where I could mail the postcard, and no one seemed to be able to answer the question. <laughs> so, <laughs> with anything less than an aggressive push for a cab ride, so I, I was yeah. So no, I only mailed a put one. We only have one postcard in our collection from Nassau for that reason. So, oh, yeah. All right, fair enough. Your memory is better than mine on that. I want to ask about Remy, Sam. I, we've been we we did all the food and then you then you you lopped it off. You lopped off the best experience. I want to hear about Remy. I want to hear about Remy. I know I said we were going to save it for, you know, save it for later in the show. Now it's later in the show. So perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Remy, how was it? Was it everything you hoped it would be? Or, you know, some people, if they're not adventurous, Remy is not their thing. So I'm curious how Remy was for you. It was wonderful. Um, so we had an early reservation. We had six o'clock, which is the earliest you can get. So when we got there, um, it was still like bright and sunny out. So we had a table where we were overlooking the water and we could kind of throughout our meal, watch the sunset. So that was, that was perfect. That was really nice. And of course the food was amazing. So I did the American side of my husband and did the French side and we each got the wine pairing and we just shared our foods. Um, so we got to try both. Yes, that yeah, is it was exactly, a way, way to do it. <laughs> that is exactly what Brian and I do. I get the American side. He gets the French side. We get at least one wine pairing. We don't, we, I will say we haven't done both wine pairings. We've done that. Well, we have done both wine pairings and it was too much wine, but we've done it where we've actually split a wine pairing and that's a great way to do it too. But yeah, awesome. I love it. What did you think of the Colette? The best. That was really good. And it was just fun to watch them make it and explain the little story with it. So that was that was really nice. That was a great way to start the meal. And they also did that little amuse-bouche that was the, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like a little stuffed bite-sized thing that had tomato soup inside. Tomato soup, was, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> they have switched that up sometimes. And I remember we were on the ship with our friend and we went to we went to Remy for dinner. We like told them we love the tomato soup amuse bouche, and they weren't doing it. And then they specially did it for us because Aww. this was on the fantasy. <laughs> this was uh, in twenty nineteen, I think it was. But yeah, it, that is like literally the best like single bite of that. I don't. It's know. so good. So much flavor in that tiny yeah. bite. So good. I love that you guys love that. Yeah. Well, obviously you guys are adventurous eaters. I know that you didn't get a chance to try Paulo, but did it make main dining like, I don't know, less impressive because you went to Remy? I don't know. I feel like some people like in making in making the decision of whether or not to go to adult dining, I think there is one part of the calculus is will it make every other meal paling? I don't think that's part of anyone's calculus, Sam. I think you literally just made that calculus up. 
I, it's part of my calculus of whether or not to recommend going to like Remy or Paulo to people. Cause I'm like, well, will you like hate main dining then? Because you're spoiled by <laughs> my calculus for recommending Remy or Paulo is only if you're only on like a three night cruise and it's your first time. No, go to the right. rotational dining so you can experience all of it. If you're on a three night or longer sailing and you're not an adventurous eater and you're not particularly into pirate night, I would recommend using that for one adult dining opportunity. And then for me, it just comes down to how adventurous are you? Have you experienced sort of real fine dining before? And if you're a big fan, Remy, if not Palo and either way, both are good. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I, I temper my recommendation based on, well, once you go there, you're just going to eat there every night. Cause you're not, <laughs> cause you're not, it's good, but you're not. Yeah. Well, the next night was pirate night. So I feel like going oh, from yeah. Remy to pirate night was, yeah. <laughs> was a little rough. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Yes, see? So I was, I was right, but maybe even made, made more right by the fact that you had pirate night. Yeah. Pirate night menu. And we, we say this a lot, like they even, they changed it. It was different before the pandemic than it is now. I will say it's better now than it was pre pandemic, but it's still, I think the weakest of the menus on board. I would much rather go to Apollo or Remy on pirate night than any other night. The only problem is sometimes it's not always the case that you can figure that out ahead of time. I will say the best night to do it is pirate night. And Sarah, I think you, you were smart in not having your adult dining on like animators palette because you don't want to miss the show but you did miss a really good menu <laughs> because the royal palace royal court menu with the chateaubriand and the escargot and a lot of people like the souffle i'm not a souffle person but i know tons of people love that dish that's the that's the the menu you missed at royal palace royal court you know it's not the end of the world you'll go again i hope and yes definitely <laughs> it's a good reason to go back <laughs> Cut, you just cut the legs out from under my final ah! question, Sam. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't like this trend of dining shaming. Uh, I'm not dining she shaming. Missed Listen, I, she missed a restaurant. She missed a restaurant. No, no, well, I'm not. But I will say, so we actually did call ahead of time to figure out like what was pirate night. And mm-hmm. I believe they changed it because... We had called and was told it was the night that we had booked Remy and people had posted in our Facebook group that that was pirate night. And that was the night that you could book the pirate makeover. But when we got on the ship, pirate night was a different night. So we tried, but we're not successful. It may have had to do with with the change in itinerary too. Yeah, I'm looking ahead for uh, for weather. They might have said we need to do the fireworks on this night because the wind's going to be too bad on another night or something like that. So yeah. Yeah, I bet that's what happened. But yeah, so... So you were smart. You did everything right, Sarah. I mean, you we did tried. everything right. Sarah, did you get to go to the beautiful Walt Disney Theater and watch some amazing theater at sea? We did, yes. Um, so tying back into Remy, Remy ended up being the night that Beauty and the Beast was playing. Um, so that was another thing. No. And honestly, we we could have made it. Like if we had like bolted right from dinner down to Beauty and the Beast, we could have made it. But we were so full from the dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> that we just wanted to lie down. You couldn't have sat through the show. I mean, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we did watch it on the stateroom TV. Oh. So not quite the same, but at least we got the gist of what it would have been like in person. And it looks like it would have been a great show. So next time we'll definitely have to see it in person. Uh, yeah. But we did watch the Golden Mickeys and Believe. They were both super cute. Golden Mickeys was the first night and Believe was the last night. So we enjoyed both of those. Golden Mickeys, I think we would 
go again if we brought our kids to see it. I don't know that we would feel the need to watch it again ourselves, but it was cute and something I would maybe go watch again, even if we didn't have our kids with us. And then the other nights they had um, Hocus Pocus playing the first one, not the second one. The second one premiered while we were on the ship. So they showed that on our last day in the theater, like during the day. But second night they showed the original Hocus Pocus in the theater. And then another night there was one of the like magicians or someone like that. But we did Mm -hmm. not make it to that show. So speaking of Hocus Pocus, was this a Halloween on the High Seas themed cruise or or yes, not? Yes, it was. Yes. Oh, oh wow. Did you all, yeah. Did you all do costumes? And I mean, you've got this big group. You could perhaps like be all the different, I don't know, characters from Toy Story or something. There's like a million <laughs> characters in Toy Story. Did you guys do costumes and did you do the ho- some of the Halloween events? Yeah, so we did all costumes to various degrees within our group. There was one st- of our staterooms that they all dressed up as um, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Um, so oh, that was cute. super cute. Most people did just kind of like Disney bounding type thing where they just wore clothes that like resembled a character. My husband and I were super creative and got shirts from Old Navy that were just white shirts that said, pretend I'm a ghost on them and wore those. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Yeah, there was various degrees of costumes, um, but we did make it to that show that they had on the deck, the masquerade performance with the characters Mm -hmm. and the dancing. And I thought that was super cute. And it was fun to watch like the kids, you know, in front of the stage going nuts watching the show. So I did enjoy that a lot. Awesome. Um, we watched that like tree show where they have like mm-hmm. the little story about the pumpkin tree. And that was cute. Now, I you just mentioned children that you have children, but they weren't on the cruise with you. Please <laughs> That's tell correct. Me, please tell me more. <laughs> um, well, it was so we cruised in September. So they had, you know, just started school. So we weren't really interested in pulling them out quite that early. My daughter just started kindergarten. So that was just too much to kind of pull her out right away. But also we just really needed an adult time away. We'd never gone away that long before without our kids. So mm-hmm. it was just, it was really nice. I was a little nervous though with like the hurricane and, you know, mm-hmm. with COVID, like what if we had gotten stranded in Miami and couldn't get back, but everything worked out good. There was no hiccups getting there or back, but it was nice good. to have that time just for the two of us. Now, do the kids know that you were on a Disney cruise or do they just think you they were on do. a cruise? <laughs> we don't lie to our, our kid either. We tell him we went in September to Norway without him on a Disney cruise and he knows it, right? So I'm curious, what was their reaction? And are they are they itching to get you guys to take them on a cruise? <laughs> well, spoiler alert for Brian's last question. We do have a cruise booked with them and we had had that booked already before we left. So um, they knew that they were going to get a chance. So they, they weren't that upset. And they got to stay um, with my mom and my husband's mom. So they were looking forward to one-on-one time with their grandparents. So oh, that's they were so good. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Therapy is, you know, something people do these days. So um, I'm sure the kids will be fine. But, uh, yeah. Listen, I want to tell you, Sarah, I love, you know, we love talking to people about adult only cruising, even though we have a kid, obviously. But I also love hearing when other parents decide to take a cruise with just their spouse and maybe some friends. And and I'm not saying that we don't love our children. <laughs> you just like to have your personal choices validated by the actions of others. It's fine. It's totally exactly. Fine. <laughs> I'm not, listen, I'm not saying we don't love our children or in that last, our case, our child. I'm just saying sometimes you need a vacation from being a parent. And, and I will tell you, I have a therapist that will vouch for this. 
that it is extremely important to have time one-on-one with your partner, you know, especially when you're a parent, there's a lot of stress that comes along with that. So it's, you've got a frame prescription for a vacation someplace. Is that what you're saying? I'm sure. I'm sure she would write it as a prescription if I asked her to. Okay. There you go. Let's see if we can get our next Disney cruise covered by insurance. I'm sure that they have any issues with that. What's the billing code premiere? Sarah, what have we not covered from your Disney cruise that stood out for you as a first time cruiser? Either something that was just really blew your mind or something that you were like, huh, I didn't realize it was going to be like that. We enjoyed the beverage seminars. I don't think we touched on those yet. Um, Those were super fun. So we did two of them. We did the chocolate and liqueur tasting. Mm -hmm. And we also did mixology. The chocolate and liqueur, I think that one was my favorite from like a tasting experience perspective because they did a lot of stuff where you would taste the alcohol and then you would take a bite of a different kind of chocolate and then taste the alcohol again. And it was really interesting to see how it changed the taste of the alcohol. So Mm -hmm. I felt like that was more like informative and like, why have I not done this one? This one sounds amazing. Yeah, it was great. There was um, like a red wine, a port wine, Grand Marnier, and then like a like a scotch at the end. Um, oh. And they had you do different things with different chocolates and different cheeses. Um, but it was that was really fun. Mixology, I felt I liked it. It was a lot of alcohol, like a lot. <laughs> um, and I just don't think it was as interesting like the, from a tasting perspective. But the person who taught the class, like he had great stories and just a lot of very interesting tidbits to share. So I enjoyed, I think, listening to that one more. But I enjoyed mm. the tasting aspect of the chocolate and liqueur one. And then, yeah, the other thing that we did is we played bingo and we did it twice. We did it once on the first day and then we didn't win at all. And then the second or the last day of the cruise, I did the $10,000 jackpot bingo. And that was exciting because we we didn't win $10,000, but we did win what ended up being the jackpot for that. So that was super exciting. <laughs> oh my goodness. Nice. How much did yeah. you end up winning? We won $6,500. Whoa. Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> I wonder yeah, if you so cruise. <laughs> yeah, you won a cruise. Yeah. Yeah. So it was basically like a free trip. Yeah. Amazing. So I I didn't think we were going to win. Like I was already kind of like plotting like our exit. I was like, oh, well, because we were trying to meet our friends. I was like, if we go out this, like go this way around, we can drop our boards off real quick and make our way out. But then like towards the end, like I got a bunch of numbers really close together and we ended up winning. So holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they just promptly added your winnings as an onboard credit on the last day. And uh, yeah, it's been $6,000 on board, shopping spree, I'm sure. No, what it, logistically, though, I am curious, Sarah, how did they, you know, how did they give you your winnings? Do they write you a check? Do they credit it to your account? Like, how, what's Mickey Bucks? Yeah. They come in Mickey we've, Bucks. Well, no, I mean, I've, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never talked to somebody who's won more than a couple hundred dollars at Bingo. Disney gift card. So when we won, there was like, a crew member who like came over to us and said, you have to follow me to guest services. And he was like on like a walkie talkie, like talking to someone Mm -hmm. over there and we had to follow him. And he like brought us to the side of the table there. And um, they gave us an envelope filled with cash. Like they counted (gasps) the cash right in front of us. So we were holding on to this envelope of cash that we had to fly home with. That's like terrifying, right? I yeah, mean, it was pretty wild. <laughs> and we filled God. out like a tax form. So I think they said if it's anything over $2,500, you have to fill yeah. out like the IRS tax form. So we filled that out. And then we just had our envelope of cash that we flew home with. <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations, yes. Sarah. I mean, I feel like you had to have a good cruise or at least to have a good impression after that. <laughs> I mean, when it's basically free. You can't really find anything to complain about. <laughs> 
Guess who's playing bingo in the foreseeable for the foreseeable future aboard Disney Cruise Line? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about you, Sam. I was thinking about Sarah, but yeah, nope. I've just lost you to bingo on board he's Disney. Just, Cruise he's Line lost me. Yeah. It's funny. I've actually, I think only played bingo on Disney Cruise Line, maybe like once or twice. But I used to, when we went on cruises with Brian's folks on Celebrity Cruise before we had Nathan, it was like every bingo session, like myself and Brian's dad, we were at like every bingo session. And that was a little bit different because I'll be honest, I wasn't paying for bingo back then. Oh. <laughs> I have to buy my own bingo machine uh, or cards. So Yeah. That's the difference. That was it was free for me, and then if I won, I would get to keep. And I, I think I won one time, like you know, a hundred bucks or something. So yeah, but Sam is also the person who will be the most frugal purchasing something, but then look at oh, me yeah. from the couch and say, "We got to go buy a Powerball ticket. It's up to one point six billion. So <laughs> I literally this, is, <laughs> this was me yesterday, <laughs> yesterday or no Friday. I can't remember which day. I don't all the days. It was yesterday. Yeah. It was yesterday. You were like, "We got to get a ticket before yeah. whatever the drawing time it was." was one point. Six billion. I don't know if anybody won it. We'll see. They I don't did think not. they did. I think it's one point nine now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So guess goodness. who will be going to the gas so, station to get a ticket? Yeah. I think tomorrow. I think the next drawing is probably tomorrow. So yeah, I'm thinking yeah. we have to go. So if this, if I'm going to tell you, if this podcast ends and we quit our jobs and just like move to, <laughs> you know, to uh, what is it called? Um, Golden Golden Oaks, Gold right? Oaks. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I just, would do too. <laughs> yeah. If we just moved to Golden Oaks, then you know why. It's because I won the Powerball. Sam, sing, single winner, $1.9 billion jackpot. We could probably buy one of the Disney ships. There you go. It's, yeah. it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, will, I am looking at it right now. $1.9 billion Powerball. And it is on Monday. So we're taping go. the there show for on November the 6th. It's Monday, November the 7th is the draw. We have reached that point in our show when I need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions with arbitrary rules and the dash <laughs> of arbitrary judgment or the round we call a rapid fire. So, Sam, you want to take it away? Absolutely. All right. I'm not going to give you the rules, Sarah. I know you listen to the show. So this is rapid Because there fire. are no rules. There are no well, rules. Well, you know, or, an <laughs> or a lengthy explanation. So who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? I like Minnie Mouse. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. When Sam found out that they were selling the minivans uh, at Disney World, or there was the rumor that they were, they didn't. Was she was like, oh, I want to go buy one. <laughs> I wanted to so, buy a minivan for yes. sure. Yeah. I drive a minivan in real life, so I could, you know, deck mine out to look like those. You need to have it wrapped. <laughs> you need to have it wrapped yeah. in, in polka dots. Okay. Your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Encanto, because that's the only one that my kids will really watch often. So that's on the mm -hmm. most in our house. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then this is a super important question, especially in light of you saying Encanto. What is your favorite Disney song? Probably, I do love the Encanto soundtrack, but favorite of all time, probably Circle of Life from The Lion King. Oh, yeah. You're, I mean, it's that's wonderful. And that's probably why you loved Believe so much, because the best scene in all of Believe is a circle of life musical number, right? Yes, that was excellent. Yes. Yeah. All right. What was your favorite bar space on board the Disney Dream? Um, we liked Meridian. We went there twice on days where we like were leaving the port and it was just really nice to go out there and with your drink and watch the ship sail away from the port. It was very oh, yeah. peaceful. Yeah, we enjoyed that. Also a good spot to watch fireworks from on Pirate. I remember you said that, Tiff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite space on the ship outside of Meridian? 
we honestly did not stay put in like a certain location that much. We really just enjoyed wandering. So this is not really a space, but the activity that I enjoyed most was Midship Detective just because you got to go all over and see all the different things. So I was just a wanderer the whole time, never really stayed put in one spot for too long. <laughs> love it. That's part of why I love doing midship as well. I feel like it just gets you walking all around the ship. It gets you moving and it's just a fun way to explore. So I love that. All right. Favorite rotational dining? Um, Probably Enchanted Garden, just for the food aspect of it. I really mm-hmm. liked that sea bass. And if I had more room in my stomach, I know I would have loved that pudding. <laughs> yeah, I thought the food there was the best out of the two we tried. All right. Favorite show you got to see on board? It definitely would have been Beauty and the Beast if we didn't watch it on the TV. But out yeah. of the two that we actually saw, I would go with Belief. I think that is an ex- ex- the perfect analysis. It is <laughs> Beauty and the Beast is the best that's on the dream. And it might be the best on the whole fleet, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but even watching it on the TV, you could tell how good it was. So that's yes, like, absolutely. You know, yeah, that's a testament to how good it is. Okay, I need to know what your favorite savory food item was on board. I mean, pretty much anything from Remy, hands down, would have been the best. But outside of Remy, the truffle presets, I thought, were were very good. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, favorite sweet item on board? I don't know that we really had that many desserts. At Remy, though, there was an aloe vera dessert on the French side. Mm. And that was just like the perfect... It sounded weird before I tried it, but it was just like the perfect amount of sweetness, but also like very refreshing. And I think that was probably my favorite dessert. Oh, yum. That sounds really good. Yeah. I've never yeah, heard it was like eating this, aloe vera. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like an ice creamy sorbet type thing. I'm probably describing it wrong. Someone who knows food better than me is like, that's not what it was. But <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Nice. It was cold and yeah. After a long day in the Caribbean sun, you can just sort of spread it on your arms yeah. and, it, you know, will help, help, help you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, I'm going to switch it up with this next question because you already gave me your favorite activity. I'm going to ask you, what was your favorite activity on Castaway? I think the water bike was really fun. It was nice to, um, like we, because we went first thing. So we were like the only ones out there in that mm-hmm. area where they have the boats and stuff. And it was really cool to be able to go kind of close to the ship and like have that view and have the view of the island. And it was just like a perfect way, I think, to kick off our day at Castaway. Awesome. Okay. Now, my last question bucket list cruise. You could go anywhere in the world on Disney Cruise Line, and it doesn't even have to be some place Disney Cruise Line currently goes. Where are you going, Sarah? I'm going to give the answer that pretty much everyone gives you is the Mediterranean cruise. That just sounds amazing. The one that goes to Greece especially sounds super fun. You're right. That is a very, very common answer, but you know, it's a good one. It's, uh, it's yeah. a, a great cruise. I think. common for a reason. Yeah. Common for yeah. a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that concludes Rapid Fire. Sarah, you have another cruise booked. Where are you headed, did you say? Um, So we are going on The Wish in February. We're going with our kids this time. We're also going with my parents and my sister and my brother-in-law. So there'll be another little group of us. And we're sailing concierge. So I'm hoping that doesn't spoil us for all future cruises. (laughs) It's going Spoiler, it's going to spoil you. This is going to spoil you for all future cruises. I say, unlike Sam's <laughs> comment about Remy spoiling rotational <laughs> dining, sailing concierge is tough. It's tough to not sail concierge after that. But yeah, so I, we have to have you back, Sarah, because there's no, yeah. we've done all these first time cruising 
episodes. I really want to hear first-time concierge experiences because I yeah. I know what our first experience was like and so does my bank account. Uh, but I want, <laughs> I want to find out from others if I'm just crazy. So after you seal concierge, please reach back out because I want to hear how it was for you and whether it changed your mind on whether you need to be sailing concierge on future sailings. So I uh, would love to have you back. Also, how many nights are you going to be sailing on The Wish? Four nights. Nice. Well, Sarah, it's been fabulous having you on and hearing all about your first Disney Cruise Line experience. And as I said, we can't wait to have you back to hear about your first concierge sailing experience. (laughs) Uh, So please reach out after that. But uh, just thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share your experience with our listeners. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is fun. A big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. We do have another five-star review to read on the air this week from Apple Podcasts. This one comes from C.A. Branscombe, who writes, Great Trip Planning Podcast. I came across this podcast while planning our first Disney cruise. This podcast has helped me make the trip planning a bit less scary and has increased my excitement for the upcoming cruise. I can't wait to try out many of the things they recommend, and I'm already excited to start planning the next one. Well, thank you for that review. We really, really appreciate it, and glad that our tips are helpful for you out there and hope that they are helpful for others. With that, just thanks once again for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We really, truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402 402- 413-5590 and that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.